you're a guest with us this morning, a special welcome, either here in the auditorium here or online. Um, and you'll see on the screen that there's a URL that you can, uh, that you can go to and just uh, register that you are a newcomer. Or on the front of your chairs, you'll see a QR code that you can scan with your phone. And we'd love to have your details just so that we can be on the journey with you. Uh, that would be great. Just as people are coming into the auditorium this morning, who's had a birthday and a wedding anniversary over the last week? We have a couple of special people, just as you're thinking about that. A birthday or a wedding anniversary? Wedding anniversary. Congratulations. How many years? So is that four? 41. <laughs> Great. Awesome. Pastor Sheridan and Pastor Jan have been married today for 29 years. So I think that deserves a clap. Well done. I'm not sure who deserves the biggest clap. I'm sure they both deserve an equal clap. And it's Ben's birthday today. So it's Be Nice to Ben Day. So make sure that you're nice to him. Let's give him a clap as well. That would be good. The children aren't with us this morning, but we are sending special birthday and chocolate to them as I speak so they don't miss out. So that's good. Anyone else that I've missed a birthday or a wedding anniversary? Those of you online, happy birthday, happy wedding anniversary. I hope someone's bringing you chocolate. And if not, I give you permission to go to where the chocolate is stored and help yourself. And may it be generous. And then you can blame me. That's fine. Let's pray, shall we, for those who've had birthdays and wedding anniversaries. Lord, thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness to those who have celebrated birthdays and wedding anniversaries in the last week. Lord, we pray your blessing upon them. Bless them to be a blessing, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen? That would be awesome. If you'd like to turn your eyes, please, to the video news. Hi, everyone. Michael here. I wanted to talk about Pastor Sheridan's message from last week. He talked about running in your lane, the call of God on your life. I just wanted to say that that's really talking about God's grace and gifting. What is it that you're wired to do? And that's a journey. It's not a precise science. And I've found that you really need someone to be on that journey with you. So I just wanted to take this opportunity to put my hand up and say, hey, I'd love to be on that journey with you. You'll see my email address on the screen. We can talk online. We can talk face to face if you're in the Hamilton area, because it's a journey to find what that looks like for you. And I found part of that journey is just saying yes to Jesus in the season you're in and just seeing what the opportunities are in the season that you're in. And somehow, God puts all of those together. It's like pieces in a jigsaw puzzle that build up the overall picture of what your life looks like. So love to be on that journey with you. If we can help in any way, please be in touch. God bless. Hey everyone, Ben here. Look, another way to take a step towards God's call is to look at joining a team. It's a great way to get connected and it can help build some of your leadership skills. So if you're looking at joining a team or you're wanting some more information, come find me. I'm happy to help. Thanks for that, Michael and Ben. Yeah, hey, and if you're new to Activate Church, it is great to have you with us. It's awesome to see you watching online today. A big welcome if you're on the live stream. If you're watching from North Tuaco campus or Rilkuta campus, it's awesome to have you with us today. What are your plans for tomorrow night? Come to the Axe Regional Gathering. And so the Axe movement that we are a part of was birthed out of the book of Acts in the Bible. Pretty cool, eh? And so we'll be joining with other Acts churches in our area to worship, to pray, and to encounter Jesus. So why don't you come along tomorrow at Ruakuta Campus, 7.30 p.m. 
Next month, we have the opportunity to learn the basic techniques and principles of Sozo Prayer Counseling. Sozo is quick, it's efficient, it's spirit-led, and it's effective. And so if you've got a heart for leading people to encounter God and to see change happen in their life, this is for you. This training is being held on the 21st to the 22nd of May and if you're interested in some more details or you want to get registered then head to the Activate Church Facebook page or website. Well that's all the notices for today. Yeah I pray that you experience God's love today in Jesus name. Amen. Bless you. Let's stand to our feet, church. If you feel like standing to your feet at home. You get up off that couch. Walk up shoes this morning. Let's prepare ourselves right now to praise our God this morning. Come on, let's just prepare ourselves. You need to close your eyes just for a second to think about what He's done for you and who He is, His greatness, His magnificence. Let's praise Him this morning. Are you ready to praise Him this morning? Lord, we praise You. Praise You, Lord God. Worthy are You, Lord. Praise You, Lord. Take my ear out. I'm not sure I can, I'm not sure I'm feeling. It's not about me feeling anything, is it? Let's praise our God this morning. Are you ready? Come on. He is worthy. He is holy. There is nobody like Him. Praise You, Lord God. Praise You, Lord God. Praise You, Lord God. You are worthy. Praise You, Lord. All right, here we go. Well, get your hands together. Let's praise our God. I used to worry. I used to worry about the days ahead. Now I'm learning to let go and seek you first in the days to come. I'm choosing to trust you. Got your ways are higher. And you'll always have the way ahead. Got you old tomorrow. You said from this moment, from this moment and forevermore, I will praise you, I'll praise you, my God, you never let me go. I know that my future's in your head. My future's in your head. Let's give our hopes and our dreams to you. Come on, we declare. I give my hopes and my dreams to you. I'm learning to let go. We'll walk the path that you have for me. I'm choosing to trust you. Got you free my mind up. Anxiety will overcome. Got my heart surrendered. Oh, I ever see your kingdom come from this moment. 
say to the person to your left and your right, your future is in his hands before you take a seat. That'd be awesome. What a revelation that is. That's amazing. We're going to celebrate communion together this morning. So at home, you've got an opportunity to grab some some emblems, some juice and some bread or whatever you've got handy. And it gives me great, it's a great privilege for me to introduce to you Rachel Davis this morning. Rachel's one of our elders, and we really appreciate the elders of Activate Church. So let's give Rachel a a round of applause as she comes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good morning, church. You are looking wonderful. Not that I can quite see. I can only see the front rows, really. So front rows, you're looking awesome. (laughs) Um, If the host team could hand out those lovely emblems, please. If you could hold your emblems until the end and we will take our communion together, that would be great. I'm going to read from the Passion Translation, if that's okay. Um, So I'm reading from Mark 26, starting at verse 12. On the first day of unleavened bread, when the Passover lamb is sacrificed, Jesus' disciples asked him, where would you like us to prepare the Passover meal for you? So he sent two of his disciples ahead into Jerusalem with these instructions. Make your way into the city and watch for a man carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him and say to the owner of whatever house he enters, the teacher wants to ask you, do you have my room ready where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? And he will show you a large upstairs room ready with a table set. Make preparations for us there. So they went into the city and found everything to be as exactly as Jesus had prophesied, and they prepared for him the Passover meal. And when the evening came, he entered the house and went upstairs with his 12 disciples. Over dinner, while they were reclining around the table. So as I read this, the word reclining really, really intrigued me. Jesus knew exactly what was going to be in store for him. In fact, he had talked about it in chapters um, 8, 9, and 10 of Mark, and he tells his disciples that he's going to be enduring great suffering and death, and yet at this time, only days or hours before his death, he's reclining with his friends for dinner. I'm pretty sure I would not be reclining. I would be hiding under the table. I would be running around trying to find somewhere to avoid what was going to be happening. When people think of the Last Supper, they normally think of the 
Leonardo da Vinci's painting of the Last Supper. So all the disciples sitting next to Jesus around the table, sitting on chairs um, around the table. But actually when the Romans defeated the Greeks in BC... 146, if you really wanted to know. They adopted the Greek style of reclining. So I tried to find a, a sort of a picture. Hopefully you can see. So this reclining while they're dining, they were lying on cushions or low couches around a low table. So they reclined leaning on their left elbow, holding their head in their hands so they could actually use their right hand to reach the food with their uh, right hand to take the food and eat them. So their feet normally would be stretched right out behind them. So Jesus knew at this stage that one of his friends was going to betray him. He knew the chief priests were going to incite the crowd to call out for his death. He knew that guards were going to mock him. He knew that they were going to spit on him. He knew they were going to torture him and they they were going to be killing him. But he was able to recline with his friends in the knowledge that God was able to do the impossible. He was able to do the unthinkable and sacrifice his only son so that our sins would be forgiven. Our sins, our children's sins, and our children's children's sins, all of them would be forgiven. Nowadays, we take the bread, we take the juice, so we can remember his sacrifice, and we too can recline in the knowledge that God has got this. In Mark 14:22, as they were dining, Jesus took the bread and he blessed it. He broke it and he gave it to his disciples. He said to them, Receive this, it is my body. Then taking the cup of wine and giving thanks to the Father, he declared the new covenant with them. And as each one drank from the cup, he said to them, This is my blood which seals the new covenant that is poured out for many. Take and eat your symbols of this new covenant. Lord, we thank you for the sacrifice that you made for us. And we thank you for helping us to recline in the knowledge that you did this for us so that we may live in your freedom, your grace, and your mercy for always. Amen. Stand to our feet this morning. Praise you, Lord God. We come before you this morning, just as we are.
with him Worthy of every song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you We live for you Let's sing Jesus the name Jesus the name above every other name Jesus the only one who could ever say breath we could ever breathe we live for you live for you sing it holy holy there is no one like you there is none beside you open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Jesus, the only way. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Oh, we live for you Sing it holy And holy There is no one like you There is none beside you Open up my eyes in wonder And show me who you are and feel Start to sing out. Sing out your own song. Praise your God. Praise you, Lord. We're so thankful. We're so grateful. Praise you, Lord. Because you are worthy, Lord. Lord, we like you. Spirit break out 
praise you, Lord God. Holy Spirit, thank you, Lord, that you are here in this room this morning. Praise you. Praise you, Lord. Sing, I will build my life. And I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation and I will put my trust in you alone and I will not be shaken and I will build my life upon your love it is a firm foundation and I will put my trust in you Heaven's mercy. 
Holy, holy, with all the heavens we sing. Holy, 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 is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. With all creation I sing, praise to the King of Kings.
I love the words awestruck wonder. Do you get awestruck when you think about Jesus? Thank you. Jan and I were outside last night. We were looking at the stars and just awestruck. No, the Jesus that put them all there is the same Jesus we know and walk with. The same Jesus that Rachel just talked about around the table with his disciples. I mean, how's all that work? It's amazing, isn't it? It's incredible. I don't know about you, but I find myself in the place of awe quite often. Just, Lord, I, I don't know how all this works. I don't know. I can't even start to grasp the way you do things or how big you are. But you're amazing. I was reading this week about gravity. I always thought gravity happened because of earth spun. But, but, but I read this week, it's actually because of time. And that time is different at different heights from the ground. I thought, wow, God knows all that, I suppose. Just learning, I'm learning. Incredible, eh? This is the God we serve. This is the God we worship. This is the, the Jesus that we're in love with, that we walk, the one that went to the cross, the one who made way for us to walk with him. Amazing. Amazing. I, I think he deserves a hand. I really do. More than that, I think he deserves our complete lives surrendered to him. He's amazing. He's amazing. We get to call him our best friend and our saviour and our Lord. Isn't that wonderful? Great, eh? Yeah, Father, I ask for a revelation in this place this morning. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're here. I thank you that you want to touch every person in this place this morning. And Lord, in a sense, by faith, we take a moment to simply reach into heaven and receive whatever it is you've got for us today. Revelation. Maybe it's an answer of prayer for you today. Maybe it's healing for you today. Maybe you need to be set free of something today. It's right there for you to receive by faith. God, we allow you to be God amongst us. You're so good. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good. Nice to see you if you're online this morning. Everyone, welcome. Great to see you in the building this morning. I was a bit worried there at the start. I thought, where's everyone gone? But it's the school holidays. I forgot about that. School holidays. and Wonderful. Hey, um, does anyone know what's happening on the 9th of May? What was that? Duck shooting. <laughs> a man with priorities. And I suggest it's also Mother's Day, so make sure you look after your wife or your mother. Or... But we are also, we, we're changing gathering times on, uh, on the 9th of May, which is a Sunday, which is Mother's Day. And uh, we're doing it for very good reason. We're doing it because you know, we're growing as a church. And um, part of what we want to do is try and create space 
so that you can bring your friends, you can bring your family, because I know you've got friends and family who need Jesus and you want to bring them to church, but sometimes we struggle for space. So let's fix that problem. We'll just change the times around a bit. We're going to add kids to the 9 a.m. So if you're a family, that'll work for you. So that was 8.30. It's going to 9 a.m. here. And then we're going to have a 10.30 that'll be here with kids as well. And a 10.30 will be also at North Campus and at Tuoco Campus and online. And then the 6 in the evening. So that'll work well, eh? So we're doing that. We want to make church more accessible, really, and easy for you. Because we can. And um, so that's going to be great. Looking forward to that. Also, we really felt that it was God was saying, come on, you need to change things a bit. So... And as, as you heard, I've been married 29 years today. Hasn't Jan done well? I think Jan's done incredibly well. She's uh, bought the best out of me for 29 years. And, um, and she still looks 27. So how's that work? How does that work? Eh? And last week, we missed, or we heard after the fact, actually, that it was Ron and Gail's 50th. Don't put your heads down. That's something to be really proud about. So, yeah, give them a massive big hand because 50 is awesome. In fact, if you're sitting around them, why don't you lay your hand on their shoulder and we'll just pray for them, eh? Father, we thank you for Ron and Gail. We bless them in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the 50 years I've had together, married, and Lord, no doubt not all of those have been easy, but uh, I thank you that they've been faithful and they've been faithful to you and they are still in the game. And I bless them in the name of Jesus. Father, may the next 50 years be absolutely awesome. And we release your blessing on them, your favour on them. May their house be a home, be a place of peace. Their relationship continue to flourish. And may they enjoy these days in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Congratulations, guys. That's amazing. 50 years. That's great. Yes, chocolate. You might as well give them the whole bowl at 50 years. I think it's worth it. Hey, well, our theme is Back to the Future. Yeah, that was a pregnant pause. Let me do that again. Okay. You get the hint? You guys are going to go, wow, or ooh, or something, okay? At home as well. I expect a ooh. I should be able to hear it. Our theme is Back to the Future. Oh, I like it. Very good. And it was spontaneous as well. That's amazing. And um, what I felt, what really felt God saying to us was, let me pull you back into the reality and truth of Pentecost so the early church was birthed, in order to prepare and launch you into the future. And so I really sense that this is a prophetic theme that God's given us uh, to, to walk into and walk through for the, the rest of this year at least, and I'm quite excited about it. Last, year we talked about the, uh, last week we talked about the call of God. So important. And then going forward for the next little while, we're going to talk about some of the big rocks in faith. Uh, the big rocks in our journey with Jesus that we need to have in our foundation. And, you know, I think five of the big rocks are what we have on the wall. They're our values, which are words that we've put round some of the values that are seen in the early church. Uh, purpose, kingdom focus, courageous, big-hearted, belonging. Those, those are important things in our foundation as we walk with Jesus. And today I want to take a few minutes to look at kingdom-focused. Kingdom focused, the kingdom of God is a big rock. Uh, Jesus preached most about the kingdom of God. 
There's something about the kingdom that he really wanted us to get hold of because the kingdom of God's not always obvious. It starts small, the Bible tells us, and then it grows. And sometimes we can miss it, but as disciples of Christ, we are carriers of the kingdom of God. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 to 14, it says this, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, we, uh, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. When you gave your life to Jesus, you changed kingdoms. That's amazing. You changed kingdoms. You were in this kingdom. The Bible calls it the kingdom of darkness. It's the kingdom that we're born into by default. It's the kingdom of hum- the, the world that is marked and is broken because of sin. Where we miss the mark, where we do things wrong, where we do things that aren't according to God's ways, sin. Sin has marred us all. We get no option in that. We're born into it. You and I are born into that kingdom, but the Bible tells us here very clearly that when we gave our lives to Jesus, we actually changed kingdoms. He transferred us to the kingdom of light. That's good news. You should be smiling. That's really good news right there. Your citizenship when you were born was in this kingdom. And when you gave your life to Jesus, he said, but wait, there's more. I'm going to change you, your citizenship, into this kingdom. Not only that, but you are now a new creation. I haven't even fixed up the old one. You are a new creation in Christ, in a new kingdom. Now, I don't know about you, but that's got to impact the way we see the world. It's got to impact the way that we live. It's got to impact the way we conduct ourselves. This kingdom is a lost kingdom. This kingdom is heading in one direction, and it's not good. It ends up being totally separated from God. This kingdom, on the other hand, spends eternity with God and in the presence of God. This kingdom is God's kingdom. It's an amazing kingdom. This means that as disciples of Jesus we come under a different rule and a different reign from the rest of the world. Now, the Bible encourages us to honour our leaders and honour the world and honour the way things that we're going to do here. But at the end of the day, we're under a different rule and a different reign. We're under the rule and the reign of Jesus Christ, which is really different. What's it mean in practical terms? It means everything changed for you when you said yes to Jesus. In practical terms, that's what it means. Everything changed. Philippians 3 and 13 says, this is Paul writing, he says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. My question there is, why why did Paul write that? How could Paul write that? But he wrote that because he understood the kingdom of God. He wrote that because he understood the kingdom of God and what it means to be a part of God's kingdom or the kingdom of heaven. The terms get interchanged. Kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, same thing. Paul understood that the day he had a revelation with Jesus, 
everything changed in his world. And it did. The whole direction of his world changed. He went from being known for one thing to be known for something completely different. I wonder what we're known for. The kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is the rule and reign of Christ. The rule of reign of Christ in me and the rule and reign of Christ. I think part of the challenge when we talk about kingdom is we know the word kingdom, but we don't really get what the kingdom of God is about. We do to some degree, but we don't get the fullness of what, what, what the kingdom is about. You see, when I say the word kingdom, most of us think of um, princes and princesses. Yeah? Did you see the photo of the queen this morning at her husband's funeral? It was very sad, sitting all by herself. I thought it was quite tragic, actually. But When we think kingdom, we think princes and princesses, we think castles, we think horses, we think fairy tales, we think happily ever after, we think Cinderella. We think Shrek. Hey, we do. We do. We think Princess Diaries. All those kind of things. But that's, that's not what the kingdom of God is. That's not what the kingdom is even. They're fairy tales. They're stories. The challenge we have is that we are brought up in an, in an environment to understand democracy. And democracy is almost the polar opposite of kingdom. But we are taught democracy. Democracy, we choose our leader, we debate, and we compromise to try and keep everyone happy. We form committees and lobby groups to change laws. We protest and we strongly voice our opinions, etc. But a kingdom is completely different. We don't get to choose the king. The king is the king. We don't get to have uh, input into the laws. Because the king's word is how the law is made. What he says is law. It just doesn't matter what you and I think. Now, in biblical times, they had a much better understanding of kingdom than we do. At the end of the day, a kingdom generally reflected the king's nature. So bad king, bad kingdom. Good king, good kingdom. Perfect king, Jesus, perfect kingdom. This is the kingdom that you and I have been transferred to. Our citizenship is now in his kingdom. The kingdom that is governed, that is led by a perfect, the perfect king. I think, like I said, we can get it in principle, but it really goes beyond our grasp. Because Jesus is not only a king. He is the king of all kings. The king of all kings. Revelation 1916 19, says, On his robe at his thigh was written this title, King of kings and Lord of lords. Actually, it says, King of all kings and Lord of all lords. Revelation 17.14, it puts it around the other way, and it says, He is the Lord of all lords and the King of all kings, which means that Jesus kingdom, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is the kingdom of all kingdoms. I can see you're processing that. It means big. It means powerful. It means amazing. The kingdom of all, there is no higher authority anywhere, heaven or earth, 
than the kingdom of God. Nothing. Amazing. As I look at the stars last night, the one who put them in there is the king, the king of all kings. The one who breathed life into us is the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. David's prayer of praise in 1 Chronicles 29 says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty, everything in the heavens and on the earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. So for the kingdom of God to be the ultimate in authority, we need to, and the king to be the ultimate in authority, we need to take notice of what he says and do what he says. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, he says, Seek first the kingdom of God. And everything else will be added to you. It doesn't actually say that. It says, Seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously. And everything, and he will give you everything you need. Everything you need. But it starts with seek First, the kingdom of God, because seek first is seek first the kingdom of God. My uh, seek first the kingdom of God. Live righteously, and He will add or give you everything you need. My observation of human pattern is seek first everything you need, and hopefully everything else will work out all right. But it's not what Jesus says. It's not the way of the kingdom. It's not life according to the kingdom. According to the kingdom, it is seek first the kingdom of God which means seeking first the king and living righteously. In other words, in alignment with his laws, his purpose, his ways. And he will then give everything you need. Seeking the kingdom starts with seeking Jesus, the king. Isn't it amazing? It's mind-blowing for me. There is no greater authority, heaven and earth, than the kingdom of God, and therefore the king in the kingdom, yet he is our personal saviour. He is our friend. He is our lord. He is our king. But I know him. How many of you know a king other than Jesus? No, no one today. Yet we, we know and we have full access to the king of all kings. Isn't that cool? I was feeling really insignificant last night. Don't feel sorry for me. It, it, as I looked at the stars, because I thought, that is big, and I am small. And I said to Jan, doesn't it make you feel insignificant? And without flinching, she said, no. Nah. She said, I'm a daughter of the king. Oh, that was pretty good response, I thought. Amazing. That's my dad did that. Incredible. The kingdom equals the rule and the reign of Christ in our lives and living righteously means our alignment to kingdom law and governance. That's what it means. In other words, doing things God's way, not our way. Matthew 5 through to Matthew 7 is known as the Sermon on the Mount. And I find it really interesting because Jesus is teaching all the way through there. He teaches uh, the Beatitudes and then he teaches about salt and light, about the law, anger, adultery, divorce, vows, revenge, loving your enemies, giving, praying, fasting, money and possessions, worry, carries on to not judging others, 
Then he uh, some work there on wisdom, throwing your uh, pearls before swine, effective prayer life. He talks about the golden rule. Anyone know the golden rule? Yeah, do others as you do yourselves. Then the narrow gate, then the false prophets, and then true discipleship, and then building on a solid foundation. He talks about all of these things, which are all kingdom, kingdom ways of living. And then in the, but, but in the context of talking about worry is where he says, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first his kingdom. I find this quite amazing because in this world where the human pattern is to seek everything else first, the pattern is also growing regularly of hopelessness, of worry, of anxiety. Yet, we're worrying about things, generally. Where Jesus says if we put kingdom first, if we put him first, He'll sort out all the other stuff. Therefore, I can only think, I think this is a prophetic word for some people today. Therefore, the primary tool to defeating anxiety and hopelessness and worry must be seeking the king. Must be relationship with the king. Because when we have that in order, he will take care of the other stuff. But if the other stuff is our priority, we've got it backwards. It's not going to work. It's never going to work. Oh, you might get a few things. You might accumulate a few things. But that's not where you're going to find peace. It's not where you're going to find hope. It's not where you're going to find God. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. I think faith or trust is believing what God promised us and his instructions around those things. Why am I saying that? Because he said, seek first. Then he said, live according to my ways and I will sort everything else out. That's good news there. That's really good news. So to be kingdom focused, I think there's, there's three things clearly that jump out to me, what it means to be kingdom focused. The first one is this. Give our all in pursuing Jesus and living in the Spirit. Give our all in pursuing Jesus and living in the Spirit. It's interesting, eh? I gave him my life. I have him. So it's not like I've lost him, but I'm going to pursue him. I want to pursue him. I want to walk closely with him all the days of my life. I wonder if, I think one of the signs of maturity in, in, in our walk with Jesus is our awareness of God as we walk. So our awareness of God during your normal day. Can I ask you a question you don't have to answer out loud? How often do you think of God during the day? How often do you think of, I wonder what God's part in this situation is. I wonder what God's saying right now. I wonder what God would say to the people around me right now. I wonder what me doing this, what God effect that's having on what's happening here. How often do you think of those things during the day? Because I think that is a sign of our, the closeness of our walk with Jesus. Seek first. And also of our maturity, understanding that God, the kingdom, is at work all the time. In fact, God and the kingdom is doing some of his best work while we're asleep. We're out of his way. How often do you think of God and what he's up to? 
There's a great book by Brother Lawrence um, called Practicing the Presence. Just a tiny book. But, but his whole agenda for, I think he said, well, said it for a year, I can't quite remember, was to try and be aware of the presence of God every moment of every day. And he, he'd fail, he'd write about it, and he'd go again. Amazing. But I wonder what our God awareness is like. So to be kingdom-focused is to give our all in pursuing Jesus and living in the Spirit. I think to be kingdom-focused is to give our all living righteously and embrace kingdom culture and ways. In other words, not settling for natural ways. And you gave your life to God. You got new citizenship. You were made right with God. You were transferred to the kingdom of God. This kingdom, the kingdom of light, does things differently to this kingdom. This kingdom behaves differently to this kingdom. This kingdom speaks differently to this kingdom. This kingdom thinks differently to this kingdom. They're completely different. Chalk and cheese. One is life, one is death. Yes, Lord, I want to walk with you. I receive your gift of salvation as Rachel talked about around communion. I receive your gift of salvation. I believe that you died on the cross for me, to make me right with you, to fill the gap so that I can walk in relationship with you. And by faith, I believe that the Father raised you from the dead on the third day, victorious over sin and death. Therefore, the Bible promises, Romans 10, that I am saved. I am now a new creation in Christ, in a new kingdom, with new citizenship, living a different life, a different way. To be kingdom-focused is to give our all to fulfilling the call and the role that Jesus has for us. It's to give our all. It's not. We talked about the call of God last week, and Pastor Michael gave that invitation to work it through if you would like to with him. But, but to give our all to the call of God, and that looks different for all of us. The call of God is not the same for two of us in this room or online. It's different for us all. But the call of God is the call of God. All I know is when I get to heaven, I want Jesus to go, well done, faithful servant. You did what I asked you to do. Thank you. I don't want to get there. And he goes, well, you did Jen's job okay. (laughs) Don't know what she was supposed to do. You were trying to do it all the time. No, no, I want to do what he's called me to do well. So those three things, to be kingdom-focused is to give our all in pursuing Jesus and living in the Spirit, give our all living righteously and embracing kingdom culture and ways, not settling for natural culture, and give our all to fulfill the call and the role that Jesus has on our lives. We can do that. You can do that. Yeah. You're looking back at me like, no, we can't. Yes, you can. You're a new, new creation in Christ. Yeah. Have you thought about that recently? You're a new creation in Christ. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So why would you get a new creation duty by trying to live the old life when you're new? That's like wearing, putting on my best clothes and going down in the paddock to shift the pigs. I'm going to get dirty, messy. No, no, I'm not. God's got other things for me to do. Live the life he's called me to live. Live the life he's called you to live. Don't be ashamed of it. 
You're a new creation in Christ. What could God do through you? What could he do through you if you let him? If you stepped out by faith? What could he do through you? Who could he touch? What could he change? If you said yes to him, where could you end up? Where could you end up serving him? Some of us are called to serve him overseas. Some of us are called to serve him in a school. Some of us are called to serve him in the city, in our neighbourhood, in our home. What could God do if we really made, seek the kingdom of God first and live righteously according to his purposes? He'll sort the rest out. You know, I can stand before you and I can honestly say I haven't got it right all the time. Far from it. But I can also say that my testimony is he's taking care of everything else. I heard the, God, the, the call of God clearly on my life. I know I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing. And I wrestled with it. You ask Jan, I wrestled for a full year. Really wrestled. Yeah, I know what you're saying, Lord, but I'm not sure I want to pay that price to do that. If I do that, it means that these dreams I have for my family probably won't come to pass. It means if I do that, these things I wanted to achieve in my life probably won't come to pass. I wrestled with it for a whole year until finally came to the place. If you're wrestling with God, he, he normally wins, by the way came to that place and it was simply, okay, Lord, I I don't care what that looks like anymore. All I know is you're asking me to say yes to this, so we'll say yes. I will say yes to this. And the rest will work itself out. So full-heartedly, I could give myself to what I knew God was asking of me. And we could give ourselves to what God was asking of us. Well, my testimony is he's done everything in my life I've done everything. I've done everything with my family that I thought I wouldn't be able to do by saying yes to Jesus. And some of them are ridiculous. You go, well, how did that? I don't even know how some of it happened. But it's all, I've done it all. And for me, it's just like he'll take care of everything else because I made this the priority. Now, does that mean I'm perfect? Of course it doesn't. Does it mean I made lots of mistakes? Lots of mistakes. Just ask Jan. She'll tell you 29 years of them. At least. Lots of mistakes. But by priority, prioritizing, seeking first his kingdom. And doing your best to living righteously. When you muck that up, just get up and go again. Don't wallow in self-pity. Just get up and go again. And by faith. Because here's the deal. When the king makes a law, he must enforce it. That's how kingdom works. When the king makes a promise, he must enforce it. That is how the kingdom of God works. The king made the promise. The king gave the command. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously. So that's the command. That's the law. Yeah, not if you get that. Yeah. And what is the promise? I'll take care of everything else. Therefore, if we do what he asked, he must do this bit. Because that is how a kingdom works. And we've got the perfect kingdom with the perfect king. That is how the kingdom works. 
Of course, to live in the benefits of that, we've got to be in relationship with the king. And friends, we're designed to flourish. You are designed to flourish. We're designed for purpose. We're designed for relationship. Relationship with Jesus. Relationship with the Father. It's what we're made for. We'll live our best life in relationship with him. might not be an easy life, but it'll be the best life. And the closer we walk with him, the better it'll be. And you know, when we walk in relationship with him, we don't only walk in relationship with him for this lifetime on planet Earth, but for all eternity. Of course, we don't have to accept him. We can stay in this kingdom, the one we're born into. But sadly, this one says, I don't want anything to do with God. And eventually, God says, well, if that's what you want, that's what you can have. Eternal separation. But we're made for more than that. We're made for eternity with him. We're made to outwork the purposes that he's seen for our lives before the beginning of time. We're made for a relationship with him. And this morning, some of us see to say, yes, Jesus, I choose you. I want to walk in that relationship. I want to walk in your purpose. I might have made a mess of it here. But Lord, I'm saying yes to you today. Jesus, I'm saying yes to you today. I believe that you died on that cross. I believe that you were raised from the dead by the Father and that you restored relationship for us and God. And all I've got to do is say yes. Can I ask you to bow your heads just for a moment? So if you need to say yes to Jesus today, which we all do constantly, really. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand in just a moment. If you're saying yes for the first time, that you want to come into relationship with him. Washes us clean. It's not even a new start. It's a new creation in Christ. It's brand new. You're standing before God is brand new. be others of us in this room today and we're online and the wheels have fallen off somewhere with our relationship and your heart's probably pumping away right now and you go, man, I need to get right with Jesus. Well, now is your moment. He stands with arms wide open, ready to embrace us. you need to say yes to Jesus for the first time or today you're recommitting your life to him can you give me a quick wave right where you are
as we finish, some of us need to be set free of worry, of anxiety, of hopelessness, of fear. And we look in all sorts of places for that. But can I encourage you, the big rock of being free of those things is Jesus. Everything's found in Him. Everything. As I said, He made, He gave the command, the instruction, seek the kingdom of God and above all else live righteously. And the promise which He is bound by is He will give everything else we need. Everything else is peace. Everything else is hope. Everything else is love. Everything else is mercy. Everything else is grace. As I close this morning, I want to encourage you, number one, seek first the kingdom of God. But if you're sitting there, if you're sitting there and you're saying, yes, I need to, that's what I will do. I also want to pray for you if you're struggling with worry and anxiety and fear, hopelessness. That in this moment of time, as you go, Jesus, I choose to pursue you, you will be released of those things and step into a new experience. His kingdom. Father, for every person in this place that's wrestling with those words, Father, we choose to put you first. We choose to seek your kingdom first. We choose to pursue the king. And do our best living out the life you've caused, called us to live. So Father, I break the power of these words. Hopeless. Worry anxiety, fear. Father, they may be words that have been spoken over us, but I break their power to cling on to us and to take effect on us in Jesus' name. And I replace them this morning with kingdom words. Hope. Let that stick, Lord, for those who need it. Joy. Let that stick for those who need it. Peace. Oh God, let peace rest on every person this morning in Jesus' name. Grace. Oh Father, that we'd simply say yes to you and stop striving. Love. That incredible revelation of being loved. Rest on every person who needs that this morning in Jesus' name. Father, as we seek you first, as we walk according to your ways, may we flourish in every area of life. May we flourish in your kingdom. Remind us that our citizenship is in your kingdom, that we are a new creation in Christ. 
that you have great and wonderful things for all of us. Father, I declare your blessing this morning on every person, be it in a building with us, be it online this morning. In Jesus' name. This is, I prayed at the end there, I I saw a picture of someone online sitting on the couch watching uh, online this morning and you had your head in your hands crying because you're feeling really lost. Connect with God's people. It's time to leave your lounge room. I believe that's prophetic this morning. The Lord would say to you, it's time to leave your lounge room. You've hid yourself away and it's like you're wallowing in your emotions. The Lord would say it's time to leave your lounge room, to reconnect with the family of God and allow God to be God in your life again. In Jesus' name, amen. Fantastic. Let's show appreciation to Rachel and Pastor Sheridan. Amazing. Amazing word. Thank you. I really believe we need to finish with a song this morning because, you know, there used to be songs of the kingdom. Anyone remember that? Back in the day. And, you know, the songs we sing reflect the values of the kingdom that we're in. And I think to really cement what Pastor Sheridan has been talking to us about this morning, we need to sing songs of the kingdom, not literally the yellow book or whatever it was, but songs that reflect the values of the kingdom. So we're going to do that in a moment. But just before we get there, I just want to say thank you so much for your giving. Uh, There are stations in the foyer and you can give online. And I just want to share a story again that Jay shared with us during the week about how at youth there were four young people who committed their lives to Jesus. A number baptized in the Holy Spirit. So that's worth celebrating, isn't it? And I just wanted to say it's our giving that makes that possible. You know, it's an amazing thing, but electricity just just doesn't pay for itself because you're part of a church. You know that? I don't know. It's a mystery to me too, but that's just the way it works. Remember your children, please, because they haven't been with us this morning, but they have been here. They've been out the back and they've been celebrating. And so it would be really good to, uh, to not leave them out the back as you head home. That would be fantastic. And if you need prayer, please come. There'll be a team to pray with you. And those of you who are new to church today, we would love to connect with you. So if you are a newcomer today, please don't rush away. Please do connect. There are guest packs at the back of the auditorium. And we'd just love to make a connection with you. So let's stand, shall we, as we declare the values of the kingdom. Lord, I want to pray your blessing over every family, every individual. Lord, it's school holiday time, so we pray, Lord, for safety over families. Lord, we pray for fine weather so that families can get out and about. And Lord, may we just be conscious of the kingdom. May we practice the presence of Jesus in this coming week. Holy Spirit, remind us that we're part of the kingdom every step and every day. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, team. This thing I will build my life.